Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm here with comedian Pratik Srivastava. What is up, wrestling world? How you doing, Sam? You doing well? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's a good week in, uh, in, in comedy. It's a good week in wrestling. It's a good week in life. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like my life really is like, okay, I'm doing comedy, and then I'll literally come home from shows, and it's like, some people like, you know, watch porn to decompress. I watch wrestling. <laughs> but it's becoming post- do when they watch porn, too. I mean, I, I do take my pants off, too, but for a very different <laughs> reason. Um, no, I, I do find myself watching a lot of stuff. I was about to be. No, I've been finding. Um, I was talking to somebody else in uh, Chicago. I mean, I, I know we never know where I'm from. That's that's the big game of this podcast. Is where the hell is Pratik traveling to today? But uh, I was talking to somebody recently, and they were also kind of they're getting back into wrestling. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who are getting back into wrestling a lot lately. I don't know if you have friends who are rediscovering it, or people who you know they saw maybe a something on TikTok or a real. It seems like there's a lot of wrestling themed TikTok reels where people will like post like their their wedding entrance and it's like a stone cold thing or a mankind thing and it's kind of cool. So it's like wrestling's in the lexicon again thanks to social media. You know, I want to do that. I want to get married and come out like a wrestling entrance. Those are cool. You guys should definitely, uh, you know, when that time comes, we we'll have a big wedding. We we'll have a big wedding one day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, always, yeah, I mean, this it. is like so off topic, but you, you mentioned the, the wedding thing. Uh, we're going to like, what we want to do is we want to do like a big wedding and then our reception is going to, we're going to have like a roast, a comedy show roast of us. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Cause you're both performers, you know, uh, right. for, for, our, for our listeners that don't know, uh, uh, your, your, your partner is also a very talented, uh, comedian. Hell yeah. Um, anyways, sorry, go on. The comedy is in the, in the pop culture though, again. Yeah, wrestling's in the pop culture. Comedy. comedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, comedy's kind of always in the <laughs> always in the lexicon. Uh, yeah, wrestling's in the pop culture. Uh, people are getting into it. I, I've been having some conversations with people. You know, people who've been listening to the show, people who are just getting into wrestling again. They know, like, you know, I'd be going to a lot of events. People are like, oh man, I'm kind of watching stuff, or you know, there's a you know, the Lakers are playing the Nuggets, and so a lot of people have been sending me this old clip of raw where like like cena and big short dressed up as lakers jerseys oh yeah. uh, so so it's funny whenever there's something in like the news someone will find like a wrestling clip related to it you know like how the simpsons predicted everything well they're like oh well not wwe predicted everything you know so it's it's just interesting to see how much people are talking about wrestling more and more even if they're not the biggest fans like it's becoming very popular with casual fans again and I think that's great. You know, I think it's great that we do the show. I think it's great that we're, we're relating to people. And, you know, it's, just, it's, a good, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's a good time to just be a fan and be proud and recognize the greatness that is a squared circle. Uh, or if it's TNA, the sixth side. The, 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 no, the they're back to four, I think. They are back to four. I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the six-sided yeah, ring, is, uh, yeah. it's always a good time. Um, six sides uh, are going to work with me, brother. <laughs> I remember like Jared Jeff Jarrett said in some interview, like they created the six side ring just so they could have a separate toy in the wrestling aisle or something. Like it was yeah, very well, like from what I from what I heard was uh you know double J was doing some time in triple A and they mm-hmm. have a six sided ring and he's like, 
oh, this is actually a good way to differentiate, you know, make us different from WWE, you know, to do this instead. Have the six-sided ring, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I got a, yeah. I got police helicopters going by me. I guess oh, we'll we'll see what happens. If I end up on the news, you'll know why. <laughs> a lot of helicopters going by. Um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting how Jay, you can say what you want about Jeff Jarrett, the performer. I mean, I still think he's a great performer. Everybody loved JJ. I mean, I knew him more in the Attitude Era when he kind of lost the you know the hat and the dust suspenders. He was just Jeff Jarrett, but he still had the guitar. Um, and he had Deborah. He had puppies. You know, I mean, that's pretty he's kind of a uh you know a supporter he's like a, a you know if you look at attitude era there's the main stars then there's the supporting players of the attitude era jeff jared belongs in that conversation he's he's a he's a preeminent supporting player of the attitude era when you think yeah. about puppies and guitar jeff jared should come to mind um, yeah. they had a good i still remember that good housekeeping match it was him in china basically a hardcore match but with like irons and frying pans and just like you're a woman but uh yeah you're gonna beat me with woman items and it's, it's very bizarre what they used <laughs> to do back then it was great but uh the point i'm trying to make sam you know to get us back on track is is a lot of people who maybe aren't the deepest wrestling fans are more casual fans they're getting back into wrestling and one of the things that kind of help people you know reignite their love of wrestling was a little documentary show called Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I bet you're going to say Logan Paul. <laughs> Logan Paul. <laughs> Dark, Dark Side of Paul coming soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, you know, Dark, Dark Side Dark Side is super, like, super, like, really fun and really innovative. Like, Dark Side of the Ring uh, on Vice, I, w- I think that was the first one, right? Dark Side of the Ring, because now they have, like, Dark Side of, like, football they have dark. I've even seen there's a Chris Farley episode from Vice called Dark Side of Comedy. I don't know how much more episodes are of that, but like they have a dark side of a lot of different things now. But I think wrestling was the first. Yeah, no, it definitely it started with um, you know it started with pro wrestling because I believe those two producers uh, are just big fans of wrestling, and they were also big fans of the movie Thin. The it's, it's called like I think the Thin Blue Line or something. It's like a crime documentary uh, that kind of uses. That kind of uses the slow mo kind of techniques that Dark Side uses for oh, the reenactment. Interesting, I did not know that. They're kind of inspired so that, that, by that. It's kind of inspired by that, you know. And yeah. again, I think that's the thing because I, I I remember during the pandemic, I kind of, you know, I'd heard when the first season had come out, and maybe I think I watched the Montreal Screwjob episode on YouTube or whatever. But it really wasn't until the pandemic when they released season two that I really got just hardcore sucked into it. And I was literally watching episodes on YouTube, then going back and watching the full episodes, and then going back and watching Jim Cornette talk about, uh, you know, the interviews, because they, they he was a regular interview subject on there, because he's kind of a wrestling historian, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to his thing, and then I want to learn more about this, and I would, you know, watch, like, the actual match that they were talking about, like, watch that live, so it was just, it was great, but it was also, there were friends of mine who weren't big wrestling fans, but they like true crime stuff, so they got into some of the true crime element of that show, so to me, this show had a lot of things, not just for wrestling fans, but just for people a fan of documentaries. And it history. definitely is a meeting of the two worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's why, you know, I know the new season's coming out. So I thought, you know, we could do a little bit of retrospective on some of our favorite uh, Dark Side of the Ring episodes for for the, the aforementioned Vice channel, which, you know, I know they've been having a little bit of struggles right now. They might be uh, <laughs> filing. I think they already filed bankruptcy, unfortunately. Oh, 
I mean, I assume the new season is going to come out in some capacity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we might be we might be promoting a different location at some point during this retrospective. Uh, but uh, you know, shout out to Vice for taking, despite their struggles right now. I think it's important, Sam, that we pay respect to Vice and say, hey, thank you for putting this really innovative show on the air. That became kind of their flagship for other shows, including. Dark side of comedy, dark side of football. They had, I think, a dark side of nineties. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw, I, I've seen that on the uh, uh, Tales of the Territories as well. Like they've kind of branched off into it's a lot of different wrestling size. stuff. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to everybody involved. It's a, just a good, you know, hour of programming. I, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Uh, uh, let me ask you, Sam, what was your first episode of Dark Side that you stumbled upon? Did you start with the first season? I or think I started in the beginning. Yeah, and I was watching them. Okay. Um, um, somebody said I would watch them on YouTube. People would upload them on YouTube at the beginning, and they would get taken down. But I would try to watch them as fast as I could. The rest you could, yeah, because for a while it was like, wait, Vice? I don't even know where is Vice. You know what I mean? Like no one really knew Vice, the channel. Yeah, so no Vice, people. exactly. Yeah. I still don't know where Vice is. I don't. I don't know either. I know they have like a YouTube channel, and some of the episodes are on there. So I was watching some on YouTube, then Hulu started pulling or started you know maybe there was a deal with hulu or something so i believe if you if you haven't seen any of them if you're listening to this right now and you're like oh i've never really seen dark side of the ring i heard about it but i don't know if i have vice they are on hulu as of now i don't know what's going to happen you know with this bankruptcy dealing and what's going on but as of right now go on hulu and you will find every episode of, of dark side including uh, the episode from season one which is uh do you, do you know what the pilot episode of of dark side was it is not the I believe the first episode that aired was the Macho Man uh, Miss Elizabeth episode, but that's not the first episode. The first oh, episode is uh, I'm looking at the, the the episode guide here. The yeah. first episode I think I saw was the Montreal Screwjob episode. That's my first one too. Uh, just because it was like, oh, okay, let's see how their take on it. I already know the Screwjob side, but I wanted. Well, to what know was the first stuff. one played? The first one that was aired was the Macho Man Miss Elizabeth episode, but the first one actually created and produced and the first one that was submitted to vice was the bruiser brody episode oh man that is such a good episode like i think i think the bruiser brody episode is what made me really fall in love with the series because it's a really i, I mean it's a tough it's a it's a it is a dark no pun intended it's, it's a dark yeah episode. it is a dark thing but it, the thing is is like you know that happened a long time ago before internet was really a thing on a remote island and so it's like you don't really know a lot about it, and they were really they really educated um, the viewer a lot about the situation. And so, like you said before, even if you're not a wrestling fan, like the story, the narrative that they told was just like so fascinating and sad, uh, but fascinating. It's 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 crazy. It's like it's a fascinating story. Crash, yeah, and and another thing, Sam, that you're kind of alluding to is even if you're like a wrestling fan and you listen to shoot interviews. And you kind of knew a little bit about it. It doesn't matter what you know about that story because you're going to learn 10,000 more details about that story than you ever knew. You know, even with the Montreal screw job, there was stuff that I didn't even know. I didn't know that Jerry Briscoe grabbed. We'll, we'll talk about the Montreal one. I didn't know that Jerry Briscoe grabbed Earl Hebner and like kind of put him in a corner and was just like, you know, Shawn Michaels ain't paying your bills. Like, man, is you better do that job, you know? And poor Earl Hebner is like shaking his boots because he, he doesn't want to count him out, but he doesn't want to do anything. And you learn that, you know, Earl Hebner really like, you know, carried the guilt of this for a long time, even though he was kind of just, you know, caught in the middle, caught in the crossfire. Yeah. 
the fact that they got Earl Hebner to talk about it because he does not like talking about that anymore, you know? Man, Earl Hebner got fired from the WWF or E or whatever for selling T-shirts from the trunk of his car that said, I screwed Brett. That's fucking, it's so wild. The poor guy is, you know, he's such a legendary, you know, to me, part of the Attitude Era. Like, he is, to me, he's a, we talked about supporting players of the Attitude Era. He's a supporting player. I mean, oh, yeah, he's, he was a big time player. Legend. You know, I know his, I know his, I know he's done a few things. He kind of went into impacts after WWE. Yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong. He did a few things for AEW, correct? He's done yes, like he some. Did. He did do a few main events in the beginning, I think. Yeah. So it's good that AEW wanted to pay tribute to the history of referees, especially when you have people like Vince being like, I don't want referees names ever mentioned again. And it's like, no, to me, they're a character. It's like an officiating, you know, in any sporting event, you have some reference to the referee. In fact, I know, I believe in the Super Bowl or all major sporting events, they do at least put their name on a graphic on the screen. So this idea of, oh, you can't put the names of referees, fouls, too weird. Like, no, like there's no reason they can't be on there. They're, they play a huge role. That If you know anything about the backstage or creation of a wrestling match, the referee is huge. It's involved. It's like a third character. Yeah, and then on top of that, like the referee is the in charge. The referee is like the boss in the ring. They're, they're like, kind of You have to empower that yeah. guy. You can't. Like, I don't know if demasculate is the right term I want to use, but, like, you have to give, you have to empower that person. Absolutely. Like, they they do so much that we don't, we, to get that, it's it, to me, there's a ballet element. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's an element to matches and just having them run smoothly, avoid interference, you know, keep them going, keep them shorter, keep them longer, helping the wrestlers, you know, get, codes to the other opponent you know so that crowds don't know that they're calling everything and i think referees play a part in that you know yeah they i do. mean i think a lot of times when you see wrestlers calling spots you know probably because they didn't work with the referee at time because to me it's like uh, you hear about then those stories of referees using coded language helping with like blades helping get messages getting items to ref wrestlers and all like there, there, there's so much secrecy that they do that we don't even think about and it probably is based on how those re- wrestlers are working with those certain referees and building that relationship with them. They're, they're just as much important part of the team as anybody else. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but, but again, again, you know, t- t- it just speaks to having the fact that they got a whole Hebner to talk about the screw job speaks to the extensive, uh, you know, guest list that dark side producers and the, you know, the efforts they go to to try to find the right cast of characters to talk about each story. Yeah, know? no, it's true. They're not like a little rinky dink promotion production. They're no. like big time. It just, and it looks good too. You know, another thing I like about we, a lot of people not, don't talk about Dark Side enough is the music choices they make, the music cues they make for certain scenes and certain tragic moments. They just, they know how to keep it going. I, I know that there's a lot of like, it feels like there's some like weird techno music sometimes used where there'll be like a there'll be like an amp up scene. It'll be like, but then sometimes it'll be super slow. And, you know, it's just, it, it does feel like it's a well shot, well produced. You know, it's 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 a it's a documentary that happens to be about wrestling. You know, what I mean, like it's 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 treating it like it's a big time documentary. It, it doesn't feel as rinky dink as a lot of other unfortunate wrestling documentaries have been. You know, what I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like it doesn't feel like a like a WWE film studio production, you know. It feels like slick, you know. 
and it's crazy i'm like looking at the you know the the episode listing and stuff and like just the first season i mean they hit a lot of like the macho man uh the montreal screw job bruiser brody uh the von erics that was really like just sad but also you learned so much you learn so much about the Von Erics, and what's crazy about the Von Erics episode is I think that led to the Iron Claw movie coming out as well. I think you know a lot of people were inspired by that documentary to to tell that story. Yeah, that's probably through. true. So that's great. You know, I think that's interesting that these do- these dark side episodes are leading to more interest in the family, building upon that legacy, sparking more interest. You know, yeah, the the Von Eric one. I mean. There's a there's a there's a couple of them that are incredibly depressing, incredibly sad. And I think the Von Erics definitely that one is up there for sure, for sure. I mean, Bruiser Brody though, that's a that's a tough one for sure. That that might be that might be one of the toughest because it's just like no one can get a straight answer out of it. You know, it's it's also kind of interesting because WWE was just in Puerto Rico too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God nobody got stabbed in the dressing room. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, but I Damian, know who wasn't invited Damian to Priest, that party. Damien Damien Priest, Bad Bunny in a in a in a, in a per week and stab match in the locker room. <laughs> it's just funny because we have like the AEW locker room brawl, but it's like, hey man, before that there was like real brawls where people got killed. Yeah, man, it's crazy. In Puerto Rico, they throw batteries at you and shit. Oh yeah, like it, I think I think a lot of wrestling fans of today's generation don't realize that like you know the heels the bad guys from back in the day they were worried about like getting hurt from fans like fans would try to you know actually fight people afterwards there was no like hey don't come to the ring uh security like no you're literally heels were fighting people back to the dressing it was wild like your safety was threatened and i don't think people realize like i think today's generation is real like no there was there was a time when people really like they they hated these bad guys and bad girls so much that like actual violence was involved. Yeah, so I mean, let's get into season two, I guess. Um, I believe that the Benoit episodes one and two, they put those on YouTube uh, for free because they knew that a lot of uh, they would get a lot of attention. A lot of attention, um, you know, because the Benoit story. I mean, that I feel like that story is one of those. Where even the casualest of wrestling fans are like, oh, Benoit, the guy who murdered us, like it, it's such it's such a huge it was such a huge news story. It, it superseded wrestling news. It was like it was literally on every CNN major publication, major networks were covering it, and, and it's such a it really is a tragic story. You know, I mean, there are still theories about it to this day. People debate over whether or not who to blame and what to do, and why is Chris Benoit not in the Hall of Fame, blah blah blah. You know, like everybody just everybody has an opinion about it, and it's oh my gosh, yes, they do. Um, so yeah, I believe now. I believe the second season premiered in 2020. I believe it was during the pandemic. Uh, so I think the directors and the producers decided, hey, let's just put this. You know, it's a pretty big, pretty big uh, news thing. Let's put it all on uh, put it all on YouTube. And I thought they did a great job with that. It's it, that that's another tough one to get through. You know, and and to talk yeah. about a big season premiere episode, they. It is it is a rough one, man. There's a lot there that we didn't think about. I mean, you th- even that one, like okay, like we all knew, like oh, David, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, ah, oh, cool, they have a friendship. But you you forget that like mental health and grief is a serious thing. And Chris really was he didn't take any time off right after Eddie's death. I think that's like there were some things I really learned about in that episode. Just like 
oh, wow, this man was, you know, clearly grieving for his friend. And it's like, oh, hey, I'm grieving. You should get full time for yourself. Nope, got to go back on the road right now. Come on, let's go. And it just speaks to the lack of consideration for wrestlers' health and mental health. And it just speaks to, you know, there's so much more we can do to take care of these entertainers. And there's so much more that we can consider to entertain them. And the bond that these two guys had, it's it that that episode, those two parts for the Ben episode, it felt like a movie. Like it's the closest that this show has felt like to a movie. It was cool. I mean, I guess cool is not the right word, um, but it was very. It was it was really neat how they uh, included Eddie Guerrero in the Benoit story. I mean, I think it's a, it's a vital. It's yeah, so you're vital right. to that to that story, you know. But like they almost did like a mini Eddie Guerrero doc. I think there if it definitely felt like a mini Eddie Guerrero doc, and I think that was it was it was it was a great uh, great inclusion. There's a reason it it was two parts, and you had to tell. Yeah that story because it shows the bond that Benoit had before he sort of, you know, it does. It does. Uh, the Eddie story does give the Benoit story a little bit more context, more context, more understanding. And again, as, as a fan of Eddie Guerrero, I'm never going to not enjoy the chance for Eddie Guerrero to get, you know, his hey, history. Stop prostituting his name. <laughs> hey vice stop <laughs> prostituting his name oh god that's such a you know i'm surprised sam there hasn't been an eddie girl biopic i think that's the next thing that needs to happen yeah i think that'd be well, a good like thing. the wwe any biography oh no i want like a like a movie like a biopic oh, like a movie hell yeah like someone playing him or something i think that'd be cool like what they're doing with iron claw you know there's no reason they can't do that i mean chavo guerrero like works in hollywood like coordinating wrestling scenes oh my gosh Chavo could play gory guerrero that would be great yeah (laughs) because he He looks like gory doesn't he father because he's old now he's old now and then i guess heck who did one of the uncle one of the guerrero uncles looks like eddie like eerily like hector guerrero oh maybe maybe I remember in the Hall of Fame, like, who's that older looking guy who looks like Hector? And that's like, no, it's Hector. It is Hector, though. Hector does. Uh, the only exposure, I, I guess I saw a little bit of Hector Guerrero in WCW, uh, but the only real exposure I had to Hector Guerrero was uh, he was, uh, he was announcer a announcer in TNA. <laughs> also, you know his most famous role, right? The Gobbly Gooker, yeah. He was the original Gobbly He did not Gooker, look like Eddie yeah. Guerrero there. No, he looked like the Gooker. He got he got the square dance with Mean Gene Oko. He debuted the same night as The Undertaker. Thirty years of the Gook, and it's crazy too because he was so talented, and mm-hmm. all of his talents basically he was like the San Diego Chicken. Yeah. Wow. And there was I for people forget though there were vignettes for weeks. I mean I I certainly was a little too young to actually were I wasn't watching the Gooker stuff live. I saw it later, obviously, but at the time they were airing vignettes. Week to week, leading like, hey, what's this thing gonna be? Hey, what's the this Undertaker egg be? thought? I hope that's not me. Yeah, he kept thinking he was gonna be Eggman. <laughs> it, yeah, that was funny. Ginger um, Mark Calloway. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so the the season two kind of that's when Dark Side kind of picked up. They kicked off their season uh, with ten episodes, eleven if you count the both parts of Benoit. Um, you know, again, very powerful stuff. Um, and you learn 
you learn details about the Benoit history. We don't need to cover every minute detail, but you learn that, you know, both Benoit, Chris Benoit, and, and, and also, you know, another part of that documentary is you get, a, you get to learn a lot about Nancy Benoit, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, you do. And her role in wrestling. I, I do think that a lot of people, uh, a lot of re- mainstream wrestling fans may not know that, you know, she was a huge part of with her work with Kevin Sullivan. Uh, she played woman, a lot of good stuff, a lot of big stuff in WCW. They, they show that one little promo thing, um, uh, against her and Ric Flair, like she held her own against Ric Flair. It's fucking wild, you know. And I just think, you know, that's no one woman thing. Was, that, woman was dope. She was crazy. Well, and I just think back then you didn't have a lot of, you know, just big stars in women's wrestling, let alone literally someone. Well, named she wasn't woman. a wrestler. She was like a valet. Valet, but but you know, yeah. in that in that sort of realm, you didn't really hear about any real women, you know, yeah, at all. No. So I think it was good that they touched, they touched, it wasn't just like necessarily a Benoit documentary. It was sort of all these different supporting players. It really felt like a movie in that way. You know, you had stuff about Guerrero, you had stuff about Nancy and, and there were things I didn't know, you know, Um, I didn't know just about new Japan and it actually encouraged me to like kind of watch some of Guerrero stuff on new Japan. You know, try to look that stuff up on YouTube and other, other streaming sites. Cause I didn't, I, I didn't really think about that stuff, you know? A long um, time ago, I can't find it now, um, but a long time ago, there was a match on YouTube. It was Owen Hart versus the Wild Pegasus in New Japan. And amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't the full match, though. And so, like, it was 10 minutes, and I, it wasn't the end. I, did not, I never saw the end to it, but I watched it once, and I, I looked for it recently, and I couldn't find it. It's, it's such a good... It was good. I, I'm just... I mean, it's, both of those you know competitors would do great so i could easily you know see it working it's one of those things where it's a shame you know and 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 the fact that it's own heart like it's kind of ironic because that's literally the season finale of of this season you know oh yeah you're right it's the season two really is such a wild and probably is one of their if you look at the different episodes of season two i thought that really is a good compilation of different types of wrestlers different types of wrestling different types of stories they touched literally on every major event. And so I, I thought season two was really well put together, uh, but not to get ahead of ourselves. I feel like, well, I feel like season one, they're like, we got to put together something incredible. And then season two, they kind of had a chance to like sit Blow back it. and look at it a little bit and absorb it. And they probably had more of a budget. No more of a budget. Yeah. And also another thing too. So, so they, narr- they, they kind of do it like narration style. Uh, Dutch Mantel uh, was a narrator for most of the, season one episodes but then season two picks up you have you know uh, chris jericho who you know he was very heavily involved I, in Benoit, yeah, I enjoyed that i enjoyed new jericho narrating and he ended up narrating you know we thought oh he's gonna narrate the first episode blah blah, blah. no he ended up narrating the whole season he, he was heavily involved you had uh, jim ross you had a lot of bigger names showing up to do interviews in the second season you know jim ross uh jericho uh chavo uh, D'Lo Brown shows up for a lot of episodes. You know, it, you get a good mix of everybody. Um, it was it was interesting to hear from to to stay on the Benoit episode. Uh, it was interesting to hear from you know uh, uh, Sandra or, or Nancy's sister. You know, yeah, you're getting that. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Chris Jericho interview her. Yes, uh, listen to it. Whatever, it was good for his podcast. Good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, you, you're getting that secondhand. And of course, uh, the other big. Uh, guest on that episode was uh chris Jer- uh, chris benoit's other son uh uh david who is yeah still, they connected them they connected them which that 
to, you know, talk about like some sort of happy ending at the end of the documentary. Um, it's just wild that they got to reconnect. But isn't it also wild how similar David looks to his father, Chris? It is. I was in the interview, David uh, Benoit, a long ass time ago. He like he 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 agreed to it. We had set the time of the date up, and he just stopped talking to me. He just stopped communicating with me. Um, maybe for the maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's for the hey, best. Uh, I know. Speaking of people who I interviewed, uh, Xavier, are you are you still there? I know you. Uh, yeah, you I'm looking for, for that hot tag, brothers. I just got, tag, uh, bro, I forgot bro. to. Uh, I forgot to introduce Xavier. He's been the whole time. <laughs> Not the whole time. Okay, I've been here the whole fucking time. From the band leveled, you guys. Xavier Have you been here Rakuna, the whole time? I didn't up? realize it. Oh, no, John, I'm just kidding. John, He's been here for like a minute or two, maybe. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just working me. the people. We're just working the people here. Hello, world. <laughs> I broke kayfabe. Sorry. Right, right. Welcome to Gimmick Street. Right now, <laughs> I, I I'm glad I kind of popped into the the talks of just uh, you know Jericho narrating, um, which is great. You know, he just he puts on that that swagger, that suave, you know, intense uh, just voice that you want to hear over such. I don't know, like the it's so descriptive, right? With all the like the the scenes where they have what do I want to call it? Have we discussed like the little clips where they have like the reenactments, right? It's such a cool effect that they're using where where it's like they have these reenactment actors and a lot of them. I I mean, obviously, look, I don't remember all the details, but I believe they use indie wrestlers for some of the reenactments. Mm -hmm. I've read that, too. I've read that, too. It just looks so cool in the effects and the way that we talked a little bit about how the music, you know, again, because you can appreciate that, you know, the tempo goes up and down based on what they're talking about in the in the subject. Yeah. And it builds, and then, like, even the music, like, it's all, it's, <laughs> it's like some weird upbeat, like, <laughs> techno at times, too. <laughs> it's wild. You got Jericho in the summer of 1990. Like, it's so <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> it's I'm so good. Serious. It's so well done. And the Benoit episode was just, man, I had to rewatch that one 12 times. Like, it was just so deep. Everything you wanted to hear, see, you know, I don't know. It's just so well done. And as we mentioned, you know, it is, it's a story that, you know, a lot of casual fans and wrestling fans knew, but again, they found a way to really just deep dive and give you details you did not think about and using the supporting players, using the music, using Jericho. I mean, again, Jericho, the fact that Jericho started, you know, cause he had not done voiceover and narration for the first season he kind of picked it up in season two you have this guy who literally is on like reinventing his career he had just started debuting in AEW as well so his name was just everywhere i remember in times square i'd gone to new york for something and he is literally he was on times square because he had just won the AEW championship and there was a tnt poster for dynamite so it's like this guy is like literally you know blowing up everywhere and he's doing voiceover for 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 dark side of the ring so it just it's just wild how how many different hats he was wearing at the time you know, it's yeah. funny because I, I would I would listen to Jericho, you know, listen to the episode of Dark Side of the Ring, and then I would imagine him just like in the studio, just reading these narrations without even like because he's not watching it while he's reading it. He's reading off a piece of paper, and so it's like that. it's just a bit that's super weird for him. I love that. I love that thought concept where like you're digging that deep into like, dude, this dude's standing in a room, you know, in a studio recording. I think about that for like bands and stuff. Like you hear one of the most killer records in the world. I want to think about 
what room you were in tracking that guitar, like what room oh, yeah. you were in tracking the drums, like what that felt like, you know? And that's cool because you do so much with so little, like you create something out of nothing. You're reading a piece of paper, they put it onto the visual and it's great. It's a masterpiece. No, you bring up a good point that again, like they're trying to, you know, tell these stories with limited visual. I'm certainly in wrestling, there's footage and there's clips and all, but man, they're really trying to, you know, make chicken salad, chicken. So they're really taking like two minutes of wedding footage of Chris and Nancy. And then you got to, you know, just capsulate the right music and tug on the heartstrings and know when to pull it and when to show it or when to show Chris, you know, playing with the son, Daniel, like, man, they do, mm-hmm. they do a really good job. And, and to the point of the Benoit episode, like it cut, it's a two-parter. It opens the second part opening with the, with the police sort of nine one one call about the, like the incident. Like it's so, just well done, just good pacing, good filmmaking, just good everything. Oh. And then speaking of, you, you said uh, they don't really have a lot of footage and they don't, but they really made up for it by using actors and like these little these little acting cuts they do where they like silhouette people and stuff. Oh, yeah. I feel so like good. that's a really good filler for, for not having footage. And then they got the guy who was uh, the officer who was on the scene. Like that's wild. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, how you know, how do you do that? How do you, I mean, obviously we know how you do it, but <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's just great for, for the overall product. It adds a true crime element to, yeah. to the show. And I think that's, yeah. we were talking about earlier, Xavier, like it became a show, especially during the pandemic. I had friends who weren't even really wrestling fans, but they were like, oh, I like true crime. This is interesting. Oh, this is cool. And it became a show that superseded liking wrestling. It became a show beyond wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, not even a casual. Somebody just totally random could dig in, you know? It's a buffet, man. But, yeah, no. So, Ben, so they kind of, they really, like, for season two, it kind of went, like, really hard up front. Then they kind of, you know, started to do some more more lighthearted episodes. Uh, I believe the next episode uh, in the season was New Jack, uh, which that that's an entertaining one, too. I mean, it gets dark, but there, there's there's some moments of levity uh, in the in the new Jack episode. Um, uh, well, any thoughts on that episode from you guys? You guys remember that episode? Or yeah, I remember it distinctly. It was a good episode. Um, it really gives you you know really good insight into you know who New Jack is was. Uh, I love how he like kind of chronicles the story with Cornette and just how they came up and yeah yeah he he just man like what a character right what. What a talent as far as, you know. And you forget that, like, he's doing a performance, but he's, you know, he's he, he really lived that character. He gave you, he gave you, I think Paul Heyman said it in one of the obituaries, but, like, New Jack gave you every bit of New Jack that you wanted to see. He, he literally, he li- talk about living the gimmick. You know, yeah. that was a guy who kind of, he was that gimmick. They also, if, I don't know if ever, anybody else caught this, they filmed him like, and I guess some, maybe the director said this in some like interview, but they, you know, he was, you know, famous for the balcony incident. So they filmed him in like a movie. They found this old timey movie theater and found a balcony. And so a lot of his, his interviews are done in like a balcony of a movie theater. It's wild. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I love that. I didn't know. I that. was surprised oh. that they got new Jack for some reason. Um, I was, I was really surprised about that. And then I think they just be weird with him at the end where they, they brought him back and had an update or something. Uh, he comes that. back in a season three episode about XPW, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then that was released posthumously because he had 
passed before yeah, that. I was going to say it was a good timing for the episode because he just died not too long after died. it came out. Right, right. Um, <laughs> he, uh, there was, I believe there was something where like they were worried, the directors were worried about getting him. So I think what they were doing, and that's kind of how they got Nick Gage and they got some of the more, you know, uh, infamous uh, guests that they've had is they would show them episodes, older episodes of Dark Side. I believe for New Jack, I think they showed some of the Bruiser Brody. And I think they even showed him a little bit of the Benoit episode. So that's kind of how he came uh, to be involved, you know. So they, they, were, they were really trying their... I mean, they, again, it just talks about they're, they're getting... They're get, you can't do a New Jack episode and not have New Jack. You have to kind of get who you can get. And, you know, their, their guest list has been really extensive, you know. And, and, and this was... The New Jack episode is a really good episode for Cornette, like you guys mentioned, because he's, he was there. You know, he kind of brought him in, if you think about it. There wouldn't be New Jack without Cornette. Which is crazy, but but it's cool. It was a good episode. I didn't know that he. Uh, I didn't know the the dead white baby thing was because he had a toothache that day. Oh, you know what? Had... Sorry, you know what I was thinking? How I said like they did a weird thing with him at the end. I forget what it was. This is what happened, and this is why I was surprised. New Jack was on the after show because oh. Dark Side of the Ring had an after show, and they got oh, tell, I forgot about on that. the tell after show. Who who hosted the after show? The I think, the, I think the, the two guys, I think. I think okay. Conrad did, didn't he? Or am I Ooh. crazy? Conrad Thompson. He had something. They had something. I don't remember. Oh, right? he did. Okay, 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 okay. He did. Okay, they did a thing. They did an mm-hmm. after show with uh, the comedian Chris Gethard, where everybody was on Zoom. But then they also did Dark Side Confidential. So that was run, that was hosted by Conrad. Conrad. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I don't Got think it. I saw that. I don't think I saw that. I saw a yeah. few episodes. And then for a while, Conrad was hijacking uh, JR's feed and making Dark Side of the Podcast. That's wild. People from the show. That's wild. I mean, now look, I mean, people were getting really interested. I, I remember Cornette started having, like, he would do, like, deep dives from, like, the Brawl for All episode or the New Jack episode. And so, like, the, all all these other wrestling podcasts were trying to capitalize off the dark side buzz and, and do episodes themed around the episodes coming out, you know, review episodes yeah. or whatever. Kind of what we're doing right now. Too. That was, that was <laughs> part of the movie where everybody looks at the camera and goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is like Spaceballs. We're like, wait, what? We broke, we broke the fourth wall. <laughs> the next one was a Brawl for All episode. Uh, yeah. This one surprised me too because, like, it's a WWF trademark or WWE trademark. So, like, I thought WWE could just be like, "No, don't do that," you know, because that's clearly because a lot of other subjects they did, they can clearly say, "Oh yeah, well, WWE was part of this, but we looked at the bigger picture." But the brawl for all was completely under the WWE, you know, under that banner completely. Yeah. Under that banner completely. It's like if they did a documentary on SummerSlam, you know. <laughs> And uh, but they did it, and it was it was really good. And I was surprised again that they got Vince Russo for it. You know, Vince Russo was able to like kind of talk about it because he was the man that was the brainchild, you know, behind it. He is the uh, unfortunate, and then of course, like you have you have so many different like elements to that episode because you have the Cornette Russo rivalry, you have you have D'Lo <laughs> Brown involved, you have you have draw. They talk about the stuff with draws. You know, oh man! And then that was the first time that we've seen draws in how many years? So how many years? Man, it's, it's wild. Yeah, I didn't even recognize draws. him at first. 
I didn't recognize Jaws. I didn't recognize Butterbean. It was it was wild. You know, a lot of oh, and then they had Butterbean there. He was like, yeah, I was there as uh, Bargain's punishment. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. I'm hundred percent. I was there. Hundred percent. Gosh. There's always been speculation. Wild. They brought Butterbean to punish Bart Gunn for getting over because it, he was he wasn't supposed to be the one. Um, and then he's like, "Yeah, they brought me in to punish him. Yeah, absolutely, they, they told me that." Uh, <laughs> and they're just they're cutting from like Russo. I love when they'll do like some contradicting cuts, or it'll be like Russo going, "We didn't know what to do with him," and then we'll cut to Butterbean saying, "No, I was brought in for punishment." Like, yeah, exactly, like, ah. exactly. But you know, punishment, right? That can. That's but at the same time, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that Vince Russo was completely innocent, but like Vince Russo could have not known that. And then maybe like Gerald Briscoe was like, rough my butterbean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many cooks and in I've, the kitchen at that time. I've heard somewhere along the way that like it was a situation where Barkun was getting over on his own. Yeah. Kind of cool him down. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't the plan, you know? And, and the whole thing is that this is a shoot fight, and so you can't pick a winner. But Bart Gunn was beating these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, like okay. Dr. Death was like, they're going to do a, He was supposed to have a big push. And after Bart Gunn got done with them, they said, they never mind. They, they said, no. That was it. I think he got, well, there were, yeah, I think he got injured himself. And yeah, he was supposed to have a push with Austin. So, so that, so Cornette did, I listened to the Cornette kind of deep dive on this. Cornette said that, yes. Uh, certain guys would have gotten pushes, but it was not based on whether or not you won. It was because we we thought highly of you. If God, he literally used the example of if Godfather won the whole tournament, he wasn't getting in the ring with Steve Austin. But Steve Williams, Doctor Death, that's different. We we were we were itching to put him in a program. Steve Austin wanted to work with him, so it was they had kind of overshot their load and picked some guys before thinking that they would actually win. I bet Backwards. I bet Steve Williams. I mean, I bet Steve Austin hates Steve Williams. He had to change his name because Steve Williams already had the name. A jump boom. That's his real name. I I have heard that story. That yeah, he had to like he was like in an indie like, show. There's already a like, Steve Williams. Damn it! You gotta be something else. Fuck. Yeah. Oh uh, fuck, Steve Austin. All right, fuck it. All right. Well, okay. Go. That story. I'll cool. be honest. I'll be honest. I, Steve Williams doesn't have the same ring to it. Stone Gold Steve oh, Williams. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Imagine Steve that Williams doesn't stomp mud holes in people. Steve Williams. <laughs> St- Steve Austin does. Yeah, <laughs> Will- Steve Williams, Williams, Oklahoma slams motherfuckers. <laughs> Williams three sixteen. Can you imagine? Oh my Williams god! <laughs> it would have been the worst. Hey, William sounds like a substitute teacher who lets you. Williams 316. Stone Cold. Sam Down Cold. Down Cold. This is the part of that. Down Cold, Dave Williams. God damn it. I'm a bitch. You know, like. Yeah, the would have been a lot different and when, if he wasn't Steve Austin. When he goes, Austin, Austin. Williams. 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 Austin Tyson, Austin Tyson, Williams Tyson, <laughs> Williams Tyson. It just—I mean, that baby could roll, but it doesn't flow. Instead of instead of business is about to pick up, he says Williams is about to pick up. <laughs> We're just yelling. I'm snorting. Um, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> Anyways, they're gonna fight for the last name. 
That's it. Stone Cold Steve Williams. Brawl, brawl for the name. Brawl for the, all the names. Brawl for all the names. <laughs> it was seven. cool. I mean, it was cool to watch as a fan. But then it's like, at the same time, how do you justify it? Because they're like, hey, you know all the other shit that we say is real? Well, this is really real. Yeah. Like, how do you I have shoot you. fighting on wrestling? Like, How do you do that? Especially on the same show. Like, it'd be one thing if it was, like, a different league or something or, like, a different event. But it was happening in the same show as other scripted wrestling. So it does <laughs> – it, it it kills the buzz of other programs. And I think the audience – I think part of the issue was, and they obviously talked about this in the episode, was the rules were not clear from the get-go. They were constantly changing rules. First, you could do takedowns. Then you couldn't do takedowns. You got points, but it wasn't, like, boxing points. So it was like weird MMA points, weird boxing points, weird bizarre stuff. The gloves apparently didn't fit a lot of times. Godfather was saying and everything he didn't like the gloves. So it was just, it was very strange. And then know? a lot of these guys, like Godfather, for example, isn't really like that's not really his forte, like wearing gloves. Like he maybe he never wore gloves in his life. And then you got guys like Mark Marrow, who was a Golden Gloves boxer or whatever. Um, I believe Dan Severin was gonna be in it, but then he's like, "No, I'm not gonna do." It. Or did he? Dan Severin did he, fucking probably won. Did he? Hell yeah! I, was, was he? Shamrock? Was it, I think he. It was Shamrock who didn't. He, Shamrock just flat out refused to be in it. I think Dan Severin did one one brawl for all match, and then was just like, "I'm good." But the thing is, is those guys aren't just strikers, though. Like they'll take people down, and that's not really a thing you could do in the brawl for all. It was just essentially boxing. It was boxing yeah, with like boxing. weird grappling too. It was like, weird. You can box them and you can bite their ear and that's it. Yeah. I guess you could do takedowns, but until, but then when Buttermead came in, you couldn't do takedowns. I think that was the other thing too. Bark Gun got uh, fucked up. There was by. no takedowns necessary. Just change, <laughs> changing the rules. Like, there, you didn't need any rules in the Butterbean match because it lasted 12 seconds. 12 God. seconds. Let's talk about that. Man. Just. Whoa. Punch and on a on, not just Punch. on a pay per view, it was on a WrestleMania. This this is this is like infamous, <laughs> dude. He he worked him, and not not in the sense of like working him. Like he demolished him, dude. It was it's almost sad. See, the thing is though, um, like one thing because they brought Bart Gunn in, and they had Bart Gunn talk about it on Dark Side of the Ring. And one yeah. thing that he said that I thought was really interesting was. Um, that they prior to the to the to the last match against Butterbean, like we, fuck all the rest of the stuff, but prior to the right before the Butterbean match, he got boxing coaching. They they coached him to do boxing. They taught him how to do stances. So he was in a different mindset going into the Butterbean match than he was in the other matches. In the other so matches, yeah. If he hadn't yeah. had that boxing training, he probably he might have had a better chance against Butterbean going into it because he was too busy kind of focused on. How to move, what to do, what Technical he learned, stuff. and then yeah, what is he to, the fuck out? As opposed to his <laughs> animal instincts that got him there in the first place. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like here's an equivalent. It's like you get you're doing you're doing music or comedy, and you're playing some songs, and then you get an opportunity to do you know the Tonight Show performance, and then you just do completely different stuff. Like, right, and then stuff. somebody pulls you aside yeah. and tells you all the things you're doing wrong about comedy and all the things you should be doing. About yeah. or music, you know, whatever. Like or hey, music you, too, right? You gotta play exactly. these old, you know, the songs that we saw in your demo to get you the spawns and I show. Oh, you can't do them now. You gotta do something brand new. Like we're make it up here, right here. now. Go okay. out there and sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, not you even say that. To, can't it, say that on the air. Yeah. <laughs> 
I here's a, here's another point that people forget. We kind of talked about it. Barkun beats he gets to the finals, right? Okay, say you don't have creative for him. Wouldn't the easiest thing could do? Well, all right, let's give him some matches. Like just give him like a like a one segment match on Jacked or Shotgun or something like. Just keep him on TV. They kill any momentum he could have with the audience by removing him immediately. Even if you don't know what to do with him, we've we've seen matches made last minute, whether it's the Attitude Era or in the you know Golden Era, whatever matches were made. There's no reason he couldn't have worked Funaki or someone like and just like. <laughs> Like put him on, just put him on TV so people know him. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. biggest thing we see is when someone gets a win and then they just disappear. And it's like, well, this win means nothing now. Well, here's a thought I just had for the last five seconds. Name him Brawl for All Bart Gunn and make him the, that character he was for the Brawl for All and have him beat a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Just start beating guys in the locker yeah. room. Throw yeah. him in the locker room and like, get out of my way. Even Ooh, backstage, right? Have him be a bull. Yeah. Have him believe it. The jobbers, like, Spike Dudley, you know, yeah. give away Whoever. Spike Dudley, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, move. Crash, get out of here. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> <Yeah>. Crash. <laughs> I forget, I forget that there was a period where like guys had just like one one syllable names. Crash. Well, he had a last name, his Crash. last name was Holly. Holly, yes. He was he a bleach bond. He he was the bleach blonde Cisco cousin of Hard Cohop. <laughs> yeah, he was. What a gimmick, right? <laughs> Bringing out the scales. Oh That's yeah. Like the new uh, the new uh body donnas. Skip <laughs> and zip. I don't know if you guys remember them. Are they the guys with the glam metal hair? No, they were uh Chris Candido and Tom Pritchard. Oh, okay. What am I? But wondering? they were the body donnas in the WWF. At first, it was Rad Radderford, uh, which was Louis Piccoli, but then he left, and they brought in uh, Tom Pritchard to be Zip. Skip and Zip. Skip and Zip. Skip and Zip. Wow. That Candido episode should be good coming up. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm excited about that. That'll be good. That's pretty morbid to say that I'm excited about it, but I am looking forward to seeing it. It'll be intriguing. I'll say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be good. wonder if they'll talk about Sunny. Like, like she's just got to like she's just in jail. I think currently. Yeah, I think she's currently in jail. Sunny, they're like they cut you. Sunny was not available for comment because we <laughs> because jail. <laughs> no, they said they show her in her like orange jumpsuit behind a glass. Yeah, yeah. Her, her interview was done glass. through the done through the conjugal visit like phone <laughs> in the little trailer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wrong. It's funny. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so anyways. All right, she's gotta go back for uh for reading time. She has to get out of here. You can't <laughs> then the then the guard has to sit in. <laughs> you hear the buzz. <laughs> yeah, you hear the uh, all right, back to the yard. <laughs> the door slamming like Yeah, dark side slam. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think they're gonna put uh Shawn Michaels and Sunny in the same room in twenty twenty three for that one. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Jesus. Sunny days. Sunny days. Hey, man. <laughs> Red heart. I don't know. But, I mean, it's going to be like it's gonna be very uh, interesting, the, the Chris Candido Sunny one. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a good episode. The tragedy. Poor guy. Um, I'm was... interested in the Marty. I want to hear from Marty Janetti. He's, he's oh always my got goodness. some. Oh, my I God. Am like... It's going to be a trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to see where they go with that one because, as you know, we've all seen what Marty's had to say on social media yes. in the last few years, and I want to know what they know about what he said on social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we listened oh. me and my buddy were like we just we were bored one day and we put on like a youtube shit i think it was like a hannibal tv youtube shoot with mario Gennetti. Oh, i love that shit <laughs> i love hannibal's cadence oh I so anyways it. like it's it's the most stone-faced cadence ever uh but but marty jenny he's telling some interview and he's going off on a weird tangent about Shawn michaels and he goes Oh yeah! By the way, I'm uh, I'm gonna be signing autographs at a chicken wing festival in Florida this weekend. I'm like, but just the fact that it was so random, like he's like, hey, I'm gonna be at the chicken wing festival. I'm like, I hope his interview is done at like a plant panel signing. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to this chicken yeah, wing chicken wing festival in Florida. Oh, it's yeah. in Orlando. Yeah. Is it? No, I'm just I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I do stand up at a chicken wing. I mean, that's that. My goal is to still do stand up in a wrestling ring or something. I would love that'd that. be cool. That'd be cool. I want to play. Have it. you ever gotten to yeah, play? In a I wrestling was ring? I was telling my wife about my like an idea to to do like a, a show in a wrestling ring. Yeah, you know, that'd oh, be yeah. cool. That'd be so cool. We should make dude gimmick street festival. Gimmick Street Live, baby. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll have comedy. Yeah, you can set up a band in the ring. Music. We'll have comics music. in the ring. We'll, we'll have do a live taping. We can invite some wrestlers out, pay them some money for the show. Do a um, signing. Dude, it could be like Dave, a whole David con. Benoit will finally return your emails. He <laughs> might, yeah. Maybe. He fell off, though, I think. I think he just kind of stayed away from wrestling. He was going to. Do you remember the story where I mean, he was going? He's, oh, he's older now, though. He was going to do a match. Like, Chavo was going to do a match for him, and then Jericho stepped in and was like, he's not trained, he's not doing this match. Yeah. I feel like David Benoit would make uh, Dominic Mysterio look like Brian Danielson. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be cool, though, to see him do his thing, man. I feel like he was training for a bit. I think he was training for a bit, yeah. Here's the thing. Do you think AEW like I, an indie promotion won't care, but any televised promotion will they let him use his real? Well, the name? thing is, is TNT might say no. Do we want that name on our channel? Japan, yeah. Has, you know, throw him in a throw him in a Pegasus mask. GCW would probably Pegasus put him in Junior. Pegasus Junior. Junior. That's oh, the way to that'd be dope. Yeah, throw the Pegasus mask on him. Send him to Japan. That would be cool, and that's a way that to pay. Cool. He'll feel good because he's paying tribute to his dad's roots, but you know it'll be safer and more digestible if he's you know Pegasus Junior. You if know he's not been well, yeah. Pegasus. King. I don't think any. I mean, how WWE... old is he though? He's got to be. He's got... I that window's got to be closed for him by now. DDP was like forty when he started wrestling. He's definitely yeah, not but forty. DDP he's... has the heart. What did you just say? He had the heart. He had the passion. He had the heart. Goddamn. He had the heart. Goddammit. Goddammit. Williams. Oh, Williams. 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 Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to see how old this kid is, though. He's definitely, he's younger. He's like, he must be in his 30s. He's not Early that. 30s. He's probably Early 30s. 32 or 33. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Bad I know, like, he gave... Oh, he does not him. He gave an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet, and I believe he said, I would like to come out to my dad's music. I don't know. Good luck if he's able to pull that off logistically. Maybe. I think it's just Our Lady Peace. Wait, what's yeah, his name? I, no. Oh, his name is David, right? David, yeah. Oops. 
Yeah, Daniel. Uh, I was yeah, I was typing Daniel. <laughs> Daniel uh Daniel Benoit's Wikipedia was, page uh, is Daniel very short. Benoit age and it goes seven. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he Ooh. didn't uh he, he doesn't have a huge bio, you know, he didn't uh I didn't mean to type that in. <laughs> How old is he? There's a musician named David Benoit. That's what I got too. I can't even uh, as of September first, twenty twenty two, he was twenty nine. Yes, he's not even 30. So he'll be 30 uh, at some point uh, after yeah. September. After September, yeah. So he'll, you know, be 30, he'll be 30 in the fall. We'll just say that. Yeah, I, he's got plenty of time to train. I think, yeah, I think I, I really like this idea of him going to New Japan and being Pegasus Jr. I think that'll be. I like that idea a lot, too. Exactly. That's crazy, him up and and it will, it'll get, let's be honest here, even if he wasn't related, if you're related to any wrestling person and you're coming in whether it's you know someone who's had a you know storied career or bad legacy people are going to judge him by the last name whereas if he comes in as pegasus jr yes hardcore fans will know who he is but i do think it'll let the wrestling you know it'll give him a chance to be showcased for his wrestling and not his name and i think he needs he could, uh, he could team up with pentagon jr they could be junior 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 double, bacon, name- double bacon junior double oh shit's great um my the, thing is is sorry no no, no. Um, what i just thought it, it'd be really funny to make a juniors division that was just full of wrestlers with the name junior <laughs> battle of the junior juniors yeah be like <laughs> i'm the junior champion i'm the junior heavyweight champion super junior isn't that a tournament they have super yeah juniors? no it's it is yeah. it means a, it's like a cruiserweight it's usually but fun. it can only be like Rey Mysterio Jr. and Chavo Guerrero Jr. and all the juniors, yeah. Junior Jr. <laughs> the juniors. I was just gonna say, Dark Side you know, of Juniors. Dark Side of Juniors. Hey, wait, can I tell <laughs> a story real quick about the word Junior? Do you guys yeah. know this? Um, Jarek, so you know, Vincent Man hates being called Vince Jr. Like he despises it. <laughs> and uh, sure. the first time Chris Jericho ever called somebody Junior in the ring. Uh, and he went back to the gorilla position, and Vince was like, "Oh, Junior, that was so great, Junior!" And like Vince made a huge deal out of it, and he told Jericho to like say it more because <laughs> he thought it was such an insult. Yeah, like he looks at it like a heel yeah. insult. Yeah, <laughs> he's delirious. That's why. Jericho's so good, dude. And- Jericho, he's moved into my top five of all time. Like just with the reinvention, I don't like. He literally, he's doing everything. He's acting music wrestling and at the top of this game putting people over like who has a bad thing ever to say about jericho no uh, i mean uh, somebody- well i think if you ask punk you <laughs> <might have a- laughs> punk is mad i think the, the the punk issue is because when he left wwe and correct me if i'm wrong people like th- th- that's where the original problem stemmed from uh yeah i would say so there's I think a lot because, uh, you know, Jericho's in wrestling for so long and went through so much. There's probably a lot of heat that Punk walked out in somebody like Jericho's eyes. Right. Yeah, there was, there was, Jericho looked at it like, uh, you know, hey, you're, you're taking, your- you're not a team player. Yeah. But it's also like Jericho walk. I mean, I get, did Jericho walk out of his contract or he just leave? No, I, that's, I don't know. He's expired. Um, yeah, his I think friends, he did though, it. The radicals walked out. Oh. Yeah, I think he did it by the books each and every time, if I can remember. Like, he would just 
you know, let it dry out or be like, all right, I'm going to sign for this amount of time. Remember he signed on just to work live events. Like he's such a stud, you know, like, wow. Yeah. I'm just going to work the live events. That's I mean, that's the way to do it. Damn. Good for him. You know, it's this a good payday. And it's, and it's just fun for him and he's on tour right now. So yeah, Pratik, he's, he's, he's a, he's a killer, you know, he doesn't Playing, stop. Yeah. He's playing close to me, but I, I don't think I would go. He's playing in Fort Myers. It's like an hour and a half away. Have you no, seen Fozzie Live? I think to get into a Fozzie concert, have, you have to cough into somebody's mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He is kind of weirdly. I mean, but again, I look. If I didn't, if I didn't like wrestlers because of their political beliefs, I yeah, would not. No. Be I've, been holding back saying, I've been holding back the comment saying uh, Chris Jericho is my number one favorite wrestler that stormed the Capitol. <laughs> wait, well, his wife. Only... Oh, wait, did he? Did he go? No, he did or... not. He did not. His wife supposedly his wife went, did. Yeah. yeah, only his, his wife. wife is psycho, supposedly, like... though, I, we don't know for sure. But he's guilty by association, and he's donated hella money to Trump. He's donated hella he's money. Donated. It does still hurt, right? Like, but again, like Pratik said, if yeah, I, I mean, you got to separate about the artists, artists, or else we would not like any wrestlers. But I'll cut some like, people off. I wouldn't even like AJ Styles. Kane, Kane I'll, I'll say this. I love Kane growing up. Kane bothers me because he's, he's putting policy into action. I'm like, fuck yeah. you, Kane. Yeah, fuck Kane. Him. He's cut off. Fuck Karrion Cross. He's cut off from me. What, what did Karrion Cross do? He hangs out with Drake Younger and he's like one of those, like, they're oh, what? kids. And like, like, he's one of those people. I like, like him, oh, though. I interviewed him twice. He's a nice guy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm quick to cast aside. So yeah. he's done. He's done. I know, yeah. And then <laughs> so my one buddy, Chris, he hates AJ Styles now because of the, when he found out about the flat order stuff, he's like, no, you're, you're, you're done. You dumb hick from Jordan. Like he's so mad at him now. He, like it's he, not a work. Yeah. It's not There's a work. also a video on YouTube of him uh, telling somebody you get out of here with your F ponytail. What? Oh, yeah. God. He said that on YouTube. There's, I saw a video. He called somebody effity. Oh, <laughs> effity. Effity. Yeah. Well, like, well, like, so I think the Good Brothers asked AJ, like, "You're a flat earther." He's like, "No, no, no, I just have questions." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> that's even worse." Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a work, but like, he's he's for for real. Like, well, I mean, it makes sense if you're from that region. That kind of is a opinion that can you know be popular. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey. I mean, look, I love the Styles Clash. I love all his work, but yeah, I'm not, not. I mean, what do you think, the Undertaker? Do I want to talk about gender pronouns with the Undertaker? Hell, no. hell, no. <laughs> yeah, he's another I mean, one. Yeah, he's another one how many genders there are. <laughs> he's another one that's hard to get behind because he's yeah. out there. I mean, man. he named his firstborn son Vince. Jesus. Bruce oh wait, I, well, yeah, I think yeah, his name's like Vince. You're right, his name is Vince. Yep, 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 yep. I looked that up. Bruce Bruce Pritchard named his son Kane. Oh my gosh, he did. And um, you know what? Bruce Bruce Pritchard also named Kane Kane. Kane Kane. <laughs> Kane Kane. <laughs> Kane Kane. Undertaker. I, you guys, you guys know about Undertaker, right? Originally, he was called Kane the Undertaker. Kane, yeah, for like what one episode like or one something? night? Yeah, Kane the Undertaker. That, what a great. Just that whole story. Oh God, it's Glenn. Imagine if it was it's he was Glenn Jacobs. Oh God, it's Glenn Jacobs. Oh my God, Isaac Jacobs. That's gotta be Isaac Jacob. That's gotta be Isaac Jacob. Oh yeah, he was Isaac Jacob. Oh God. And oh, and 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 bootleg bootleg Diesel. Oh gosh. Yeah, we 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 gotta like make moments where like uh 
where like uh like you change history, right? Like Vincent Vanellos, that's gotta be Isaac Yankum. And then like we have another moment where like uh maybe like Duke Drosy Duke the dumpster Drosy comes Duke out. The dumpster. And then you put Bobby <laughs> in and go, but whose side is he on? <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I wanna make wrestling mashups, put the wrong commentary on the wrong shit. <laughs> Duke the dumpster. There's some shoot interview. He was in the gimmick battle royal of X7, uh, and they asked him about it, and he goes, I was on meth the whole time. That's all I think. He's like, wow. I was on meth that whole weekend. Oh. I'm like, man. I mean, that's it's funny because it's just so succinct. He's like, he's just brutally honest. He's like, yeah, I was on meth the whole time. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think about running into Vince? He's like, Vince didn't have time for me. I was in the gimmick battle royal. Like, he's just he's so he's so blunt about everything. I was friends on Facebook with him for a long time, but I I recently unfriended him because. Uh... Does he have know, opinions about? Are you telling me Duke the Dumpster Josie might have opinions on things? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know who I recently like realized that I was following and I stopped following yesterday? Val Venus. Oh, Ooh, John oh, Morley. Yeah, he's, he got, he's got some I, I came across, I was scrolling Facebook and I came across one of his opinions. Ooh. Ooh. He's <laughs> got, so he's funny got some. He says like such a problem. I'm not gonna say what he said, but he yeah, says no. like such like a problematic thing, and then everybody in the comments is like agreeing with him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what's scarier—the like, fact oh that he says goodness. it. I was like, agree. I gotta see what these comments look like, and I yeah. went the comments. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's scarier. Oh no! Like, yeah. dude, these guys have taken headshots. Uh, they're they're. I'll give them a little bit more leeway. <laughs> Sean Morley. I was trying really hard to interview him one time too to talk about like cannabis and wrestling, you know. <laughs> yeah, when 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 uh when Rob Van Dam isn't available, you go to Sean Morley. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that was before that was like you know 2015, 2016. Doesn't he own him. like a like a cannabis factory? I think or he cannabis? does or did or yeah. something. Yeah, something. He's still a butthole though. I mean he's no Mike oh. Tyson. <laughs> Yeah, Rick Flair has a has a strange. I still, feeling. you know what? I, I'm still never gonna forget uh, his little his little promos that he said for the town, some of the towns. Yeah, I'll never forget. I choppy choppy or pee pee. That oh that's that <laughs> was crazy. That was to me when he like came that. out when he came out one time uh, with a super soaker, and they said that's human DNA in that squirt gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what a gimmick, <laughs> right? Like. You're a porn star. Like, that's your gimmick. So you have a super soaker filled with a cum. <laughs> and, and his finisher was called the money the shot. The money shot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Venus because it's like penis. 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 And then it was funny because his his uh, like shirt or slogan or whatever was Venus Envy. And then there yeah. was a term penis envy where like. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was a term. Like, where you're like, I guess we're like. Wish you had that dick, but like I wish that was me. I guess I don't know what. It, okay, you know. okay. But like Venus, penis envy, Venus, Venus envy, Venus, Venus. Just Jim Ross. By God, it's Venus. Venus, <laughs> <laughs> Venus. All right, wait. What was and the next then, episode? Let's get back on this. Uh, this dark yeah, sorry, train guys. that we're, we're on. We're having a good time. I think we should. Uh, New I Jack. mean, I, I had the list, but then I started looking up David Benoit, and I lost it. Jeez. I think we could do one more. And then wrap it up. Yeah. No, now I'm having too much fun. I don't want to stop. Yeah. I can't find my list. Um, what, do you have a list up, critique? Probably not, right? Because I think you probably put the poolside again. 
I was poolside. I went uh, back inside because <laughs> it got it got cold. Um, yeah, you know, I got up and closed my door in the garage too because it got it dark got a little chilly. Coming in. Where the heck did I have it? We'll 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 leave all this on the editing floor. This will be this will be gimmick three confidential. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, okay. They can. I oh, looked Jimmy up Snuka. Oh my god! I oh, speaking, the word speaking, heat recently. I googled that. That's still up my phone. Speaking of a dark one, the next episode is Jimmy Snuka and the death oh, of there Nancy. You go. That's that's a speaking of a rough one. Oof. Damn. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the episode that got that got him put away, right? Because didn't he go to prison after that, or was it before that? Uh, he was going to court, and then he was deemed not fit for court, and he yeah. passed he was away. Deemed, right, but I think he went to prison for like a minute or something for like a month or something. Yeah, they they definitely was a charge. They they well they re. But yeah, that's, and then that, and he was episode, deemed unfit, and then he died right after that. This episode really feels like a true crime episode. Like it's 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 it, you have a bunch of true crime journalists involved. You have police involved. I mean, there's the alleged like Vince McMahon handed a briefcase. Oh boy, yeah. like, you know. It's, oh, I think it, I can say this because uh, I'm I'm saying that somebody else said. I used to listen to uh, MLW radio a lot. Court Bauer, you know. Yeah. And Court Bauer came up with the Samoans in, in wrestling. And I remember one time they were talking about Jimmy Snuka and whatever, this and that. And Court Bauer said uh, that the Samoans would tell him, don't be the last person in the bar drinking with Jimmy Snuka. Because huh. he probably gets super crazy, but, you know, by the end of the night. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he, I mean, that's the thing about that. You find out that Nancy Argento basically wrangled him to every event because he was just too, he was too rowdy. Yeah. Mucked up, yeah, yeah. But and she yeah. was like, I mean, and that's I learned a lot about her because I didn't know. I mean, I just knew her name at this point, you know. But they had her sister on there, I believe, and we learned a lot about her. And she was like, like he lucked out getting her because she was awesome and she got she did everything for him. And like you know, it just it didn't work out for her. Yeah, it's fucked up. He died of guilt. That's what probably probably I believe it. Right, like one of my clients from a long, 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 long time ago. Dang, you have clients? I have clients, dude. He was a huge wrestling fan, and he would just talk about all the old school shit. He's like, Jimmy Snuka died from a broken heart or, or from guilt or some shit because he knew what's up, man. He knew what he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, right, he could deny it all he wants. Uh, and then you know, rumor has it or whatever that Vince showed up at the court date or whatever it was with a briefcase full of money. Fucked up. I believe it. Yeah, well, Jimmy Snooker was like his biggest star in that moment. And you got to think about that time. Well, one of them, I guess. Yeah, one of for sure. He was definitely one of the cash cows. And yeah, he's super over, and you you got to protect that. It's fucked up. It's a really deep episode. It really. Is. I really encourage everybody to go back and uh, say, go watch that one. Go watch that one for sure. It's a dark one, but it is to me that is a quintessential episode of the series. Like you're getting true crime. You're getting wrestling you're learning about allentown you're learning about the samoan lineage you're learning about everything you know yeah it's it was a good one yeah and snooka's another guy people don't talk about this enough like before you know the big money pay-per-views and all like stars like you had like a few stars order but snooker was really universal like there are so many people who when they think about the golden era like he's he's a he's a big part of their their childhood you know oh yeah snooker yeah. come on he's dude. definitely an icon of that era you know i was Jumping off the fucking cage. Inspiring a generation like Mick Foley. Mick Foley, yeah. yeah. 
and the lineage of the Samoans behind them, you know, behind them, the superstars of the MSG era, like before, before when, you know, it wasn't just like they come in a few times like the circus, like, you know, like that era of just going to towns and making those shows and selling out every, every week. Yeah. I was part of that. And then, you know, actually, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the stuff with Piper, like he has, so he, he's, I think he's just someone who, you know, obviously the stuff that's come out about him is unfortunate, but he had a, he had a very storied career. And I think people, we talk about moments a lot on this show, gimmick street, and he's had a lot of iconic moments in wrestling. And I don't think he, he, it, despite the stuff that's happened and come out about him, he is a part of wrestling history. He's like, he's, he's a huge part of wrestling history that probably won't get celebrated. Unfortunately, yep. as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I believe um, he's taken off the Hall of Pain page as well. That was the other thing I was going to say. Was I he? Believe really? I believe they took him off the website. Wow. Um, Damn. There's um, another episode that I wanted to try to, to get in because it, it might be uh, near and dear to your heart, Pratik. The Road Warriors. That was in season two, right? That yes. was in season two, yes. That was really good. They talked about how all these, like the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, you know, all these different guys that were just bouncers, how like they kind of got discovered in the gym and whatever. And they they just became these big powerhouses in wrestling. And and then the Road Warriors were known uh, for being like rough and kind of hitting hard in the ring. And that's kind of where they they came from. Yeah, it was a cool episode. It really and that's a, just a tragic one too, because you you hear about the drugs and you hear about just the 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 the, the wild times of the Road Warriors. You know, like they've. It, it shows that there wasn't a lot of care for the wrestlers back then. These guys are yeah. just buffing their ass, you know, sometimes six, seven days a week. They're turning to drugs and alcohol, and it, and it, and it really highlights the struggles they had. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, when they came back to WWF in the Attitude Era, when, when Funny Enough Draws was with them, weren't they, like, making fun of animals, like substance abuse or something at that time? Yeah, too? they weren't brought they? up, they made a storyline where animals getting drunk and then uh, he climbed to the Titantron or something, and they accidentally—they're trying to save him, but they accidentally pushed him off. Yeah, I remember so that. that's just that. Uh, that uh, again, like Vince can be kind of tasteless, but that's just another, another tasteless notch in the belt of Vince McMahon. Like, man, dude's legit struggling. And then they brought him back with Sonny too at some point. That was oh, the yeah. worst. Like it, it was cool, right? Because Sonny was hot and whatever, but like it just didn't—I don't know. It just, it didn't seem to, to, it just really felt like, you know, putting a square peg in a round hole, as they say. Exactly, right? Like, it looks cool, cool visual. The t-shirt was cool, right? But it just, oh, yeah, uh, but she, uh, it just, she just didn't fit the aesthetic with them. Yeah, she was just silly. They needed, like, a more like a Paul Ellering. Right? You'd think. That's another part about the Road Warriors. Is Paul, like, you needed, you had these, you had these guys, but then you needed a good mouthpiece and Ellering was great for that, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. Ellering was not—he was like one of the few people who was not just a television manager, but like he was their road manager, and he would like drive them to their shows and all. Yeah, these legit. Things. Like he lived legit. the gimmick of the manager. He was making moves for them. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the managers on TV were just managers on TV. No, but he legit was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool story. They were the homies, like they, you know, like it, it was so much deeper than that. Like they spent time together. And how many tag teams can say they're decorated in every major promotion like that? Right. Like, yeah. Well, besides the Dudleys, I guess. But yeah. Mm. You know, also when uh, what I thought was interesting was like in '97 ish, 
when uh, the Road Warriors were really like really just getting destroyed by the Outlaws, and they're really getting the Outlaws over. I feel like the 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 Road Warriors were instrumental in getting the Outlaws over. I believe that. Yeah, it was a good, it's a legendary feud, and to me, that's what feuds need to do. You have to get the opponents over at some point. So. And then I also remember like 93, maybe 94, or Vince McMahon's in the ring. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Legion of Doom. And it was this huge moment because yeah. they've been gone for like a long time. <laughs> Everyone was like, what? what? Yeah. And it was like the first time they were like in the Raw era. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a repackage. Was a new coat of paint. A new coat of paint. Yeah. Good time. Yeah, it was hard to swallow. But they but they got it over, you know. You have any insight, Pratik, being from Chicago? I I mean I it's funny, they say they're from Chicago, but I don't think any one of them is actually from Chicago. Oh, uh, they're from Waukegan. Uh, I know they spent <laughs> a lot of time in Minneapolis. I believe the dark side goes into them, actually. There's a famous bar that they used to be bouncers of in the eighties that's in Minneapolis. Dang those liars! I, I bet Booker T's not from Harlem either. Uh, the 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 wrestler Scott Norton also was, uh, was a was a person at that bar as well. So much lineage! Um, it's so oh, cool. so much lineage as well. Um, it's so cool. Scott Norton was in uh, over the top. Over the top. He was a he was an NWO guy for a while, like a lat. Like but big... no, there's so Scott Norton before he was in wrestling was a famous arm wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he oh, was really? in a movie. Over the top, which is about arm wrestling. Oh, is that the one where Kevin, uh, the, the Stallone like has to arm wrestle his way to get his kid back or something? I couldn't say. I couldn't tell you that I've seen it. I just know that it exists. That's so funny. Wow. Let's do it. I watch. think my wife likes that movie. But yeah, well, I I'll have to look it up. We'll have to look it up. I mean, it's 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 Sylvester Sloan who he I mean he's no stranger to pro wrestling stuff. So that's that's wild. The reason um, why I know this is because uh, Cole Cabana. I man, when Cole Cabana was doing his podcast, I was like listening to every episode. Like I was just so into it. And he interviewed Scott Norton. And he was super excited because that's like his favorite movie, Over the Top. That's so funny. Yeah. He was like the originator, dude. Cabana started this shit. Cabana did, man. For sure. And like I I I love so many wrestlers like. Pac, I I didn't know who the fuck Pac was until I heard him on on Art of Wrestling. There's a bunch of uh, wrestlers. Like Cabana, that. yeah, That's yeah. So cool. Did yeah. you guys ever watch the uh, Creative as Nothing for You? Yes, I did. I loved that. I watched a few episodes. Yeah, I love Marty too. Oh, Marty's great, and Marty he is from he is built from Chicago. He is from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Marty, good old Marty. I want to I want to do a day. Have you have you done shows with him, Pratik? I have. Oh wow, that's Ooh. cool. I want to do a show with him. We'll, we'll have to be a guest on uh, the Gimmick Street Live show coming to a wrestling ring near you. Well, it'll probably be in Chicago if we want you on it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if we pay him enough, he'll he'll fly. I'll fly out. <laughs> Let's do it in Vegas. Oh my god! Yeah, we'll awesome. do that double or nothing. We'll be like, "Hey, Tony, just give us a segment." Yeah. <laughs> Well, if Punk ain't coming back, maybe <laughs> we'll have one more time. They have two hours on Saturday for us now. <laughs> two hours on Saturday, baby. Um, collision on TNT Saturday. Collision, collision gimmick wrestling street. Yeah. <laughs> Junior. 
Junior, yes. William. William. <laughs> William. 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 My God, this Williams is broken in half. He's now a will. It's really oh, a will William or him. He's been broken in half. Oh, man. Can we just make a shirt that says Williams? Uh, yeah, that's gonna be. That's we should make shirt, sure this is Williams three sixteen. We, we sell shirts, but they're literally for us. They're dumb. They're, yeah, yeah. I'll make that. I'll put it on my thing. A Williams oh, three sixteen. Yeah, and then on the back, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, we also need a. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not the host of Backlash anymore. I know host. <laughs> I know. I know host. <laughs> hey, Damian, I'm not the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I'm over here, man. I need CPR <laughs> you need something alright <laughs> yeah uh, I gotta get going gentlemen yeah, right. yeah let's wrap up Pratik you wanna uh, plug your social media yes sir uh, P-R-A-T-E-K comedy at Pratik comedy PratikComedy.com check out uh, I'll be on tour all summer check out this podcast support my two co-hosts support this show and let's legit like su- support us, and then we can come to a town near you and actually do a gimmick street live one day. Uh, let's let's manifest that out there, boys. Hell yeah! They can't see me, but I'm okay, I'm John Cena. <laughs> Manifesting. What you got? Where, where you at, Xavier? Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Lord Xavier. You can find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. Smash it a link tree. You can listen to music. You can buy some tickets. I will be on tour in July, maybe. Oh, I shouldn't have announced that, but it's okay. I'll see you guys there. And uh, thank you for supporting podcast. Go buy a t-shirt. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can find me at Funky Sam Medina. Uh, everything else said hypothetical comedy. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs>